Welcome back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talk, man, we talk about the book bag. We talk about our experience in the PRC. Bay bag. The middle country. The only person that I saw, uh, uh, still talk to from Bay High, Lucian. Shouts to Dave and Greta. And, uh, medicine bag. bag. The medicine bag. The medicine bag, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Check it, check it, y'all. You know something, um, we, uh, A Black and I, we've had this conversation and we, we shared it with you guys, our listeners. Wonderful conversations about health and wellness, comprehensive conversations about health and wellness. And uh, one of the things that, that's a real big characteristic of our time here has been improvements in health. Yeah. One of the reasons I came back, okay, so I was uh, blessed to do a lot of healing my first time here. Um, and as a result of that healing, I was able to be empowered in ways that I hadn't been empowered in a real long time. Went back to the States and tread water for a while. Mm. I swam upstream, as you could say, and then just said to myself, you know, China was so good to me, so good for me. Uh, and it was so good, it was so great for my health in ways that maybe I suspected, but couldn't conceive. Mm. Uh, so I had to run it back. I had to double down on it. And when I came back, you know, I'm so, I'm so much healthier in so many ways, man. Tell them, tell the people. <sighs> you know, uh, because of my relationship to, you know, massage therapy. And I really became a massage therapist because as a child, before mixed martial arts was mixed martial arts, a lot of you people out there, you know, you, you don't know. If you don't know, Bruce Lee is the father of mixed martial arts, mm -hmm. okay? You know, through the Dao Jeet Kune Do. Um, and I was one of those people who I was raised in an environment and in a generation where, you know, wow. Bruce Lee was like my Sifu by proxy. Mm. Um, and even though Bruce Lee was born in the States, a lot of people don't know that part, was born in, he was born in uh, San Francisco, yep. raised in Hong Kong. But the thing is that there were so many things in my life that came from China that were good for me. Yeah. That I felt like going to the source was the thing to do. Same for me. Yeah, yeah. Exact same. Break uh, it down. Let me let educate us, my brother. Yeah, man. I've just been always <laughs> just been into, into martial arts right. um, since I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. I've never been a violent person. I never been a person that wanted to fight when looking for a fight, right. um, but I did. I can't say the same. I'm definitely <laughs> I slap, slap. slap. I like slap to, I like to think that I never slapped up anybody who didn't deserve it, but right. you know, right? Yeah. It happens. Yeah. It's it, but for me, I always believed in heroes, hero stories, Woo! and leaders, and and people, and, and, and that was fire right there. Yeah. I've always believed in the hero story. I've always been believed in a leader, and that's the kind of person I, I want to be. Right. And so martial artists, you know, they have an honor. They have a code. You know, a lot of times, especially in Bruce Lee movies, he never, he never starts to fight. Mm. He finishes a lot of them. Mm. He's really good at finishing them, but he never starts to fight. He never goes out looking for a fight, and it's always in pursuit of justice. All right. And uh, as, uh, as an as an Afro-European... Diaspora, diasporic individual, the uh, 80s. That's right. the that shouts to the 80s. The 80s. Shouts to the 80s. Yeah, yeah. Um, the that story, real 80s babies through all generations. That story resonated with me, and martial arts stories always resonated with me because it's always about teamwork. It's always about leadership. It's always about justice, and it's always about um, discipline. So I feel I feel like you and I, in some ways, are like naive, benevolent victims of Hollywood. 
Mm. <laughs> when I hear when I hear you talking about this stuff, right? Because I mean, that's, my, that's my, the image, right? Yeah, it is. Like, no, it, yeah. to, it totally is. And in my in my mind, I was thinking to myself, right? Because we heard those stories about Bruce Bruce Lee thugging it up when he was right. younger. Oh yeah, he definitely. Yeah, was. yeah. Bruce Lee was out there fighting, yeah. looking for fights. Bruce Lee was looking for fights for sure. And I'm sure you know there's a gang of people out there in Hong Kong who probably whooped Bruce Lee's ass when he was coming up as a youth. Facts. You know, um, helped to make him the man that he became. Facts. Um, but when I look as I, as I listen to that, and then you and I. You know, we, we're here, and then we get here. Mm-hmm. And if you anything, if your experience has been anything like mine, then you learn about things like, um, you know, the type of corruption uh, that that uh, was taking place in some of the monasteries. Mm. Um, you know, and, and you learn the types of yeah, you learn the types of things about like how there were these people who were re- renowned uh, martial artists who they were human, beautifully human. Yeah, which includes you know any types of transgressions. You know. Uh, uh, you know, some thugging, you know, yeah. addiction, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. Of, yeah, everything. Yeah, definitely. yeah, everything the humans go through. For sure. And so I feel like, yeah, I was definitely, I don't want to say victim, but I do, you know, know. I remember a time when I looked at coming to China as some sort of place that was going to be, you know, cleansed of those sorts of, you know, or had it figured out how to keep those sorts of things at bay. No. You know, and no, um, no way. But the medicine bag, the medicine bag really taught me, you know, because again, I got here, got the G6PD situation taken care of the first time, came back. Uh, since then, I've been able to, you know, do a lot of things for, you know, got, got a lot of counseling, continue to get counseling, um, you know, really put my home life together. Mm. Uh, was able to, yeah, yeah, was able to really, um, you know, solve a lot of issues around, um, you know, how to have a healthy domestic existence. Mm. And I don't know. I don't know. I think there's a lot of people who, of course, there's this, the sex pats. Yeah. And there's the, um, what are the other the people who aren't necessarily motivated by health goals? You know, so there's the sex pats. Well, I guess could, that could be related to, you know, your sexual health. But most of the time, it's just drunkards. Mm. Drunkards and child molesters. Yeah. Um, so, so it's like... You know, running into people, I didn't really run into too many people who said that they came over here, though, because they had health goals. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, I'm happy to get that part of the medicine bag because I straight up had the health goals, man. And, I've, you know, we've been killing it, man. Like, this environment has been absolutely helping me put the smash down on my health goals, yo. Yeah, man. When I, when I, came, when I came here, I was working as an intensive in-home counselor and in Durham, North Carolina. Shouts to the Bull City. All right. Shasta City, Shasta Raleigh, Durham, <laughs> Greensboro, North Carolina, all of that. Um, tobacco Road, and uh, man, plantation, right? And when I came here, I had serious compassion fatigue. Man, I had been working in the mental health field since I graduated in 2009. So this was like three years of like constantly working with, you know, underprivileged, underserved communities. Mm. And when you are a member and you grew up a member of one of those communities and then you attempt to, you know, work and give back to that, mm. you can feel attached in a way that's not healthy. Codependency. For, yeah, you can feel codependent and attached in a way that's not healthy for that type of work. Mm. So I was very, uh, wasn't as disciplined as I wanted to be and I wasn't as mature as I am now. And I was jaded in a lot of ways and felt like a victim. That just sound like Twinkies and PlayStation when I hear you say that. 
Nah, it was, that was definitely PlayStation. <laughs> it's probably because you said you're not as disciplined and not as mature in my mind. I was like, not as disciplined. Twinkies. Yeah. PlayStation. Yeah, that was all some right. Twinkies in there. No, it's all um, good. Then they're not paying us, so we don't have to say their name. Some substances. Okay. Uh, some okay. substances going on. Some substance abuse for sure. Gotcha. And so coming here, medicine bag, huh? I thought <laughs> it was it was an opportunity to just get out of that field and like rest my mind and rest my heart. Good for you. Yeah, from working. Congratulations. So much in that. Congratulations. And um, I remember we was going through something, and there was times where I would look at you, and the look in your eyes was the the eyes of a man who once was immersed in, in compassion fatigue. Yeah, for yeah, sure. So there's there's been times where I feel like I've been able to see the, if we could say the scars of that. Mm. Um, in general, though, you know, I would say, I love your lifestyle, bro. Yeah. But uh, I love this guy's lifestyle. He's a positive, motivate. Not exactly to that level. So what? But still. But when I came here, it's great, bro. My 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 brother Doug Douglas Hood. Shouts to him. D Hood. Shouts to Richmond. D Hood. Of course, real talk. Mm. One of the best rappers I've ever met. Will ever know. Mm. And uh, that's his that's his MC name, Real Talk. Real Talk, yeah, Real Spit. That's, that's, man, that's Real Talk. That's fire. That's a fire that's MC fire, name right there. Right, right, yeah. That's a fire MC. And name. he and he keeps it up, man. He's uh, him and his lovely wife shopped to Faye. He got married. Went right on, on for his wedding. Right you know, on. Like, shouts to Richmond, man. Shouts to the 804. Yoga fire. Yoga fire. Yoga flame. Real Talk, man. Real talk, uh, man. So Real Talk uh, put me onto this guy named Earl Purdy, mm. who is uh, who is a a, a new he, teach, he teaches from A Course in Miracles, right? All right. And uh, it's kind of like a, a new thought philosophy about, you know, kind of like a mixture of the law of attraction, mm. a mixture of uh, you're not a victim. You're not a victim and um, and just taking control of your life. And uh, he's a YouTube teacher. Sh- uh, check, his, check his courses out. And I, I really got on that heavy when I got here my first year, man. And um, I, I remember on my on my dorm room, at my first apartment in China, I wrote one of his quotes. It was like, there's a part of you that doesn't want you to be happy. There's a part of you that doesn't want you to be happy. Yeah. yeah. And so, man, that was so... And you got to know how to find that part. That was so and prevalent. You got to expose it. Yeah. So you got to find that part inside of you and love that part and learn to love it. And that was the medicine bag for me when I first got here in my first year. I appreciate your approach because I would have said, find that part of yourself. Smack that part of yourself into submission. Smack him around. Right. Push him up. Push him up against the wall. You can't take his lunch money. Take his lunch money, cuh. Take his lunch money. You can't punish yourself. Humiliate him. Cannot. (laughs) People. Don't punish yourself. You cannot punish yourself into correction. You have to love yourself into correction. Hey, look. look, I got. I got some real specific medicine bad questions for you. Yeah. What's been your favorite medicinal thing since you've got here? Mine has been wormwood. I yo. I joke. Uh, I'm I go- love wormwood, y'all. I'm hey, go- look into that, everybody. Wormwood. I'm all about the sexual health, man. So I'm gonna go. I got two. I got the uh, the horny goat weed. Really? Horny goat weed tea. You got some? I don't got none now. But and then I'm gonna go. Dang. It's not from. Well, horny goat weed is from China. That's I've heard of it, but I'm like now I'm like okay. Horny oh yeah, goat you, weed. Can, you can buy horny goat weed at any pharmacy. If you got a traditional Chinese medicine store in your city, there's this one. Is, in, there's this one man. in Norfolk, Virginia. This man is heavily married, people. Yeah, so horny goat weed tea, you just put it in some tea, drink that joint, and uh, yeah, you can. Uh, it, it increases your blood flow. Um, there's not a lot of scientific research that supports it, but I've well, used I mean, it. It works. Uh, and then another one that I found out when I got here, but it's not from here. It's from Peru, right. Macaroot. 
Oh yeah. All yeah, about yeah. the macaroon yeah, powder. Yeah, yeah. Got a big bag of that. Yeah, we call it masa. Yeah. But so yo, but seriously though, for me, I'm gonna tell What's you. What's the wormwood though? The wormwood? <sighs> Man, so you know when Is you Is it rosewood? Is it rosewood, wormwood? Rosewood. You know when you go by the massage places and that smell that's coming out, the mm. sticks that they burn, the mugwort. They call it mugwort. Okay. That's wormwood. Right. Artemisia absinthia. It's the plant that you make absinthe from. Shh. Yeah, that part. That part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? That thing is that thing that thing is the bomb. That thing is that thing is incredible. You know, mm-hmm. so not only do they use it for the mugwort to, you know, do all types of things with people's, you know, energy and stuff like that. Um it, what it it takes it takes the moisture out. That's what that's what it does. And the elements, the Chinese elements. That one whew, takes the moisture out. But yo, uh drinking it as a tea, it is crazy for recent like if you have gastric issues, uh-huh. Drink wormwood tea. Now yeah. you can't drink it for too long. You should only drink it for about a week and then take a about a week break because it has elements to it that you can't eventually overdose on. Okay. Over time, it become toxic. But you know, boom, you drink that joint. It, I know all p- types of people. I've told them, yo, hit the wormwood. And Where you get it? <laughs> so. Those of us who are not in the PRC who are tuning in to the Past the Bad podcast, first of all, we thank love you. you. Yeah, like thank, and subscribe. That's right. Thank you. We love you. Comment keep, below. Keep about, doing it. About your uh, your health, your medicine bag tips. There's pharmacies everywhere here. Okay. Last time I went and copped some wormwood, which was about two weeks ago. Okay. No, but where would, where could you get it in the states? Oh, in the states. Or in in the west. Believe it or not, it, it, if you know what you're looking for, it grows wild like crazy. Okay. Yeah. Nice. But uh, yeah, I mean, in the west, I feel like you probably would have to go to. Um, like an Asian yeah, some type grocery of, store. Some type of store where they have herbs. Right. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. The herbalist. And you know, in the, in not the, those herbs. In the states, <laughs> that they, they have they have those fine, um, they're finely, uh, finely tuned machines, prof, profiteering machines. So you might have to come out of pocket for it. Oh yeah. Yeah, but uh, eventually you can Hit grow the your Amazon. own. Amazon. Google yeah. it. Uh, wormwood <laughs> is also uh, really good for your erection. Mm. Yep. Nice. Yep. Is it good for ladies too? You know, I mean, from what I've seen, it's great for ladies. You know, the blood flow is uh, the blood flow is not just for do the your thing and also do for the ladies. Thing. That's the medicine bag, y'all. That's the medicine bag. Let us know, like and subscribe, comment below if you have any ideas, mm-hmm. or you can email us at pastorbagpodcast at gmail dot com mm-hmm. and let us know what are your tips, especially all of us that's in the in the PRC. What did you get from here that has been helpful yeah. with the health tip? What's been medicinal for What's you around medicinal? here, folks? I'm going to uh, tell you something that's medicinal. If you haven't been down to Sanya yet and enjoyed the beautiful beaches, yes. go do that before the uh, country opens up because we know you're probably going to fly someplace else. Yeah. Great beaches. You want to get into the next bag? I love getting into the next bag. Let's, let's pass the bag podcast. Let's get into the next bag. Man, let's pass it on. We're going to go ahead and swing into the mystery, mystery bag. bag. Doom, 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 doom. I wonder... So there's a lot of uh, questions that people have. They always mm-hmm. want to know. We, we touched on it a little bit. You know, okay, well, why, you know, why is it China? Or, you know, what was it like? Or what's this like? Or what's that like? And, right. you know, so mysterious. I don't know if, you, if, if you've become more mysterious to your folks, but I know that, uh, like how they say in the 48 Laws of Power, you use absence to uh, increase your, uh, your your impact or mm-hmm. however that goes. That right. Definitely that mystery is working to our advantage. Mm. Um, you know, we we think about the question, what do we know about Shenzhen mm. before we came here? And, you know, to what degree did we find those things that we learned to be true 
or false? Great question. What did we know? What did you know, A Black, about Shenzhen before you stepped on the scene? So I didn't know anything about China at all um, before I got here. And I was very surprised when I came to Shenzhen to, uh, yeah, so when I got to Beijing, when we was in Beijing for a month, you know, <laughs> Beijing blew my mind. It's a big place, huge, huge, humongous place. And, uh, but then all the, our coordinators were like, yeah, we're going to Shenzhen. It's a little bit more chill. It's a totally different vibe in the South. And I was like, I was like, what's that like? And it was like, in the South. In the South. Like, in, in Shenzhen, you know, nobody, there, maybe 10 to 15, 10 to 20% of the population is from here mm. because, like, you know, China is this very ancient old place. It's obviously, it was constantly changing. Had all these different dynasties and conquerors and and uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Co- colon, co- colonists, colon, col- colonizers. All right. So it had all of that. So it's been constantly changing. But China's been there have been people living in this country. You know, it's the oldest country in the world. You know, according to certain people. So. Um, so Shenzhen. So Shenzhen. So Shenzhen is only 40 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, let that seep through your head, folks. It's only 40 years old. And 40 years ago, it used to just be a fishing village. You know, we're on the we're on the coast. Um, and so a fishing village, a fishing village. It was nothing. A village, like literally nothing here. You know, rice paddies, a couple mm, boats. Not even that, bro. We like where we are now used to be the jungle. Oh, uh, or like used to be jungles leading up to the mountains. Yeah, and, yeah. And Pearl River flattened, Delta, yeah, it's and the flattened Delta, out so. to the to the ocean. Like, got gotcha. Basically, it. Like, I bet you they have some crazy snakes. In crazy the water. snakes, crazy wild animals. You know, that was before. Welcome to the jungle. Welcome to the jungle. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Deng Xiaoping and the PRC, the government decided like, they're going to turn this into a special economic zone, you know, because of its, uh, proximity, proximity to Hong Kong and Guangzhou Mm -hmm. and Guangzhou has always been a major city Mm -hmm. in the South for a long time. But it was like, all right, we got this space here. We got this opportunity, you know, as China was coming to power. And Shenzhen, you know, was was the prime opportunity for that to happen. So on the macro level, that was happening right before either of us got here. Go ahead. I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell you what I knew. Yeah, I knew that this was the Pearl River Delta, mm. and I knew that what that meant was that this city, Shenzhen, was surrounded by a whole bunch of other cities. Right. I knew that the Pearl City Delta was just full of cities. Mm. Foshan, yep. famous Kung Fu place, uh, Huizhou, new place. Um, you know, Zhuhai next to Macau, yep. uh, right, Guangzhou, like something like 10, you know, um, like 10 cities. Dongguan. Dongguan. And uh, it's even another one, too, that we're not saying right now. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, but, and it's uh, not even that far from Chaozhou, mm-hmm. which is like Chaoshan, Chaozhou. Yeah, shout out to the Chaozhou folks. Yeah. Get money. So the thing is that uh, for me, I knew, boom, I'm going to the Pearl River Delta. I was excited about that. Yeah. I was like, Pearl River Delta is some real deal stuff for humanity where it's, it's really going down over there. Mm. I, it's going down for real. <laughs> That's what I knew. I knew that it was. I knew that it was going down, and mm. I was like, "Yo, so much culture over here, so much heritage over here." Mm. You know, plus I had that advantage of having been in Beihai, right? Right. And so, um, you know, also knew that Guangdong Hua was going to be in full effect. Right. Um, and I knew that it was going to be, uh, you know, a lot, some money mm. over here and some opportunity. And, um, you know, I knew that, uh, I didn't know that Shenzhen was going to, was going to be so expensive. That's what I didn't know. 
I'm gonna tell I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you straight up. Like, I have money in my bank account right now. Mm. Thank goodness. Thank God. And and there have been times where I was way up here. Like way up. All right. <laughs> all the way up. Yeah, there's times here where I was all the way up. All the way up. But this Nothing is can stop me. I'm all the way up. Shenzhen is the most expensive city in and I've I've read by sources on the internet. This is the most expensive city in the nation. In PRC. I don't think so. That's what I've read. Shanghai is definitely Shanghai and Beijing are more expensive. I hear you. And at the same time, what can I do? I'm not gonna, you know. I haven't been to those places. All I'm saying is that it's in the conversation. I just, I will say it this. It was up to me. I went back to the countryside. Some place where I caked up. It's easy to spend money here. Oh, yeah. It's some New York City type-ish. It's some Manhattan type-ish. Yeah, it's you, real when you, when, easy when you leave the When you leave the homes, it's 100 U.S. dollars for No, you don't even got to leave your house. That's the point. Everything is so convenient. And we'll get into that later when we talk about WeChat Wallet and everything. Mm-hmm. And Taobao. Oh, they make it easy for you to come they out your pocket. They make it easy for you to they come out. They make it easy and pleasurable Ulamon, for you Maytan, to come out of your pocket. Food delivery services, man. You can get anything delivered to you. Never have to leave your house. Anything you want brought to you straight to your door. I didn't know that about Shenzhen. And that changed over time since I've been here. But let me get... Let me get I, you speak, were making a point. Speak on it. I just no, 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 micro. no. Uh, no, it's it's all it's all peace. I mean, I'm just saying the things that I knew. Pro River Delta. I knew it was money over here. Mm. I knew this was like you know that. Uh, I knew I heard about Watchon Bay. Right. You've heard me and other podcasts talk about it, but seeing it blew blew my blew my brain. Sponsor today. Face Watch sponsor today. Watchon Bay. Yeah. Um, where you can get everything that might not be what you asked for when you bought it because it. Could be a knockoff, but it's gonna be the best knockoff ever on the planet. I'll tell you that. Maybe not. You get what you pay for. All right, cool. Yeah, that's a lesson yeah. in life. Good things ain't cheap. Cheap things ain't good. Shout out to Watch Hunter. So to go micro, uh, I, there was a coordinator in my in my program. His name was Day. Day. And uh, once he found out that some of us can sing, when we were in Beijing, we were like hanging out in somebody's hotel room, mm-hmm. a couple of us, and we were singing. And shout out to CC, mm-hmm. amazing singer. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and uh, she has her own U- YouTube channel, or just about you know how she sees sounds and things of that nature. And mm-hmm. what's that? What's the word for people who can see sounds? Synesthesia. She has synesthesia. She's a synesthe- synesthetic. I don't know how to say synesthesia. She's a synesthesiac. So like she has her own. She did a TED talk about it. So look her up. Sienna Pons TED talk about synesthesia. Synesthesia. How about that? She's great. Great. Great young lady. Her and Pharrell. And uh, right. And uh, shouts to VA. Shouts to Pharrell. Sorry, a lot of shouts right now. Just. You, you're doing it. So anyway, me, CC, a lot of other people. Yes, sir. Uh, Ian Harity, who had joined the band with called Dragon Turtle. We'll talk about that a little bit more later. All right. um, Alex Ripley, who he's, he lives in Valencia now. He's my homie out in Valencia, so mm. I'm going to see him. Mm. And maybe maybe once we take the pod on the road for season three, hey. we can get him in because he's a very knowledgeable guy. Let's take that bag on the road, y'all. Let's take the bag on the road. So this is not the end of Pass the Bag. We're going to keep this thing going. Just, Pastor just Bag is going to live forever in the hearts of the people. Just in case you were wondering. In the hearts and the minds Facts. of the people. Yeah. Facts. That's right. We're only just getting started. So it was maybe eight of us, and we started a band. and uh, Eight-piece band? An eight-piece band. No, it wasn't eight-piece band. It was weird. It all was right. like we had like four guitar players, right. and they like all knew a certain amount of songs. Like so the they Eagles. Would, they would just rotate. <laughs> no, they wouldn't play at the same time. Oh. They would just oh. rotate. We have like, like certain the funk pe- brothers. Yeah, so certain people would sing certain songs, and certain people would play with certain musicians. Right, and it kind of made practicing easier because you had to balance people's schedules yeah, and whatnot. But yeah. we would always practice at a beer garden. 
Shouts to the beer gardens. Beer gardens. So that's one thing I knew about Shenzhen. It was like, all right, you can have this spot where you can go, just drink beer, eat barbecue outside, and they were called beer gardens. Hmm. And uh, you could just see see locals get pissy. Everybody just get drunk. And, hmm. But it was a great party, great time. just outside, and it was just amazing. So that I knew. And then I knew about this bar called Rapscallions. I found out about it. It was a place that we could play. We could get a gig because my coordinator, his name is Day. All right. Day used to host like trivia night or salsa night there or something like that, and it was like, yeah, we can get to, we can get a gig, we can make some money. So I was like, oh shit, like I didn't know that. Yeah. I I hadn't played music again. I was working in counseling, right? You know, I hadn't been serious about music. I had my own projects, making beats or whatever. You know, recording my own little albums or whatever, right? With right. Friends and you know, trading beats with people, but right, I hadn't been a professional musician in a long time. Ah, uh-huh. and so when I got I heard about that opportunity, I was like, oh oh oh, it's like that. It's like that. So, fast forward, uh, to get even more micro about specific Shenzhen experience, I, I, I come to learn later mm-hmm. that the people that we had opened up had created those opportunities. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's always the forefathers, the forebearers of the movement, and I want to, you know, shout out some of these people. Um, like who? My man Ace is uh, a Filipino guy, and he had a band with another guy named Big Papa Leon. Mm, and, uh, that's a name for you. And uh, yeah, and back then, and shouts to the Mind the Gap guys, and Mark, and everybody at the Terrace, Leon, you know, uh, yeah, the Anto, those guys were have been here, you know, playing for they know, rough. tens, tens of years. They like rough, 15, man. 15 years, fourteen yeah. years. They ain't playing. They rough. They tearing yeah. it down every. They tearing so, it down six nights a week. Big Papa Leon, uh, he told me, uh, shouts to him, brother from the states. He told me that uh, they used to they used to bar hop like exchange gigs like it would be like three or four bands they used yep. to get a they used to get a yeah one of them told me this too they used to get truck not a truck but a van or whatever and like they would play a set at a bar and then they would uh, get in the van and go to another bar and play another set and like all the bands from the different bars were doing that you know like they was like exchanging like in the night so it'd be okay. like three different bands going to three different bars kind of like a pub crawl okay. but like. A, a bar crawl, right? Like I mean, a band bar crawl. So That's that was beautiful. really cool, and that was something I always wanted to recreate, it was but I never, up, wasn't it? never was able to recreate it. But I mean, there was only but so many bands at that point. Like yeah. maybe, you know, it wasn't a lot of bands like it is. A lot of music going on like it is now. Maybe it was like two or three venues. I, I loved, play. I loved, I, I loved, I love this mystery bag right now. Un, yeah. un, unraveling, un, unraveling the mystery of the, of the uh, Shenzhen music magic. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love this bag. I love, I love your passion. And so, I want to I want to keep this bag going. So let let's 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 this is going to usher in, into the bag of gold that yeah, we're going to yeah, talk about yeah, later. Yeah, the yeah. beginning of the golden era. But also shouts to Shenzhen local music, Rue Moyer. He was uh, producing local events. So that's like it, back then there was two areas in the city. There was like Shuko, which is still like the Shuko bubble. Everybody that's here knows about that. And then there was like food t- the food tien scene, which is kind of different. A lot of more DIY. Shuko, they had like venues where you could play for the most part. Mm. But Shenzhen, uh, food tien was a little bit more DIY. And this, I'm not an expert in this, so for all of y'all that been here, he's that, an expert in this. That know the story, Big Papa Leon Ace. He's an expert. He's an expert. He's an expert. He's if 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 it's up like to me, subscribe. If uh, if it's up to me, I'm gonna say you're an expert at this. So shouts to Shenzhen Local Music. Shouts to uh, Leon and Ace and. Uh, Terrace crew and Mark, Mark Boutroy, Mark Good Trip, look him up. See here, here, see here at here at Past the Bag Podcast, 
we're also documentarists. Facts. Documentarians. <laughs> documentarians. So this was, this and archivists. was prior to 2012. Yeah. And we're going to get into the next bag and talk about Shenzhen from 2012 on. Yeah. Let's when continue I got to make here. history. And, and Shenzhen got here. Pass the bag. Pass the bag, baby. <laughs> 